Hello, everyone. This is episode five of the Grand Awakening podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest with me. Um, usually the, the people I interview, uh, we haven't had a lot of prior interactions, but today we have my dear friend, my brother. I know his real name, but you guys are not going to. Wiz of Ecom. Welcome, bro. <clears throat> Dude, it feels so weird being on the opposite side of the introductions. I'm the one who's always interviewing other people for Utopia or small podcasts, etc. And I'm always like, hello, hello, everybody. But it feels great to be on the other side today. Are you, how, how are you, bro? How are you doing today? Are you feeling good? You know, tell me, tell me, tell me about it. Energy is high. There's a lot of FOMO in the air in my side of things over here because I'm out here quietly. I think it was James Camp who tweeted this as we're out here quietly building businesses to grow 20, 25% month over month and growth. And then there's people out here making 40, 50, $80,000 off a freaking trade of an NFT in 12 hours. So the FOMO is really getting to me, especially because like I'm itching for investments right now. Um, so just, just checking out what the hell is going on over there. That's, that's been um, guiding my mood for the entire day today, but energy is high, man. What about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, bro. Just privileged to have you here and, um, you know, get to know a little bit more about, you know, the whiz. So I, the first thing, bro, I want to ask you is, you know, um, this is what, what I, what I usually get into, but, you know, tell me about the origins. How did it all started? So the origins of my life basically are, so uh, you know what, I'm going to be very open on this podcast. I'm going to really show a side that I haven't on any other podcast yet. And I'm going to show a side of myself um, about my childhood that no one has really seen. So my mom basically has 10 brothers and sisters. I was one of the oldest with some of my cousins. And what we've noticed since we were young is we would have these really massive gatherings, 20, 30 first cousins, et cetera, all chilling together at my grandparents' house. And my family had a lot of anger issues. Every single one of my uncles have been to jail. Um, cousins, multiple of my cousins are like have been to jail or are in jail as of right now. Everyone had this factor of anger and irritation. They all get pissed off. Um, every event that we would have, there would be police coming over. And when you're a child seeing all of this stuff going on, you start coming to a point in life where you think this is all this all this shit is normal. Right. You start seeing and be like, OK, this is the way you're supposed to act. I had an uncle who was a really massive, massive guy, multi, multi-millionaire. And he I, I would see the way he would treat fam. I would see the way that he would um, um, go, go around with with like his just his own children and his own um, parents. And I wasn't a fan of it, but I thought he was cool because he had the Rari. He had a Ferrari 360 Spider. He had a multi-million dollar house and then three of them on the same street. And I had another uncle who was a massive bodybuilder type of guy, every sports team. And I thought these guys were the pinnacle alphas that I'm supposed to look up to and be like them. So as a kid, you're a sponge, right? And I had people like them to quote unquote, look up to for specific traits. And I thought I had to mimic them exactly. So my origin when I was a child, was really into mimicking people as soon as I could um, of, of their traits to try becoming like them. Because I thought these individuals were, were who I would love to become. And that's been like a pinnacle part of my entire personality since I was a child. But with time that went on and I started noticing things just weren't clicking, I would notice that being angered and, and going into these, these states of just ego weren't actually a part of my personality. 
And what I did was I had, for example, I had a really nasty fight, right? This was probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life. Um, I had a really nasty fight with my father because of my ego. I started breaking shit, punching the walls. I'm a kid. I'm, I, I, I started making some money online. And that day, the next day, I broke my arm. I'm in the hospital. And I made a decision with my um, ex-business partner to fly to Pakistan and work with him. And I'm looking at this all. I'm like, shit, bro. Anger has been such a big part of my life. I would operate and do everything that I could based off of anger, but a different moral side of my compass was telling me that wasn't the move. Wiz, that wasn't the move. That wasn't that direction to move into. And I, it was just very embarrassing to see, but my origin of my life when it all started was vibrating at specific emotions and tying my specific personality to these emotions and calling myself them and learning from other people's personality traits and trying to mimic them entirely. And, and very, I'm, I'm grateful to say that very early on, I was able to see that, you know what, from an origin standpoint, I don't need to mimic and become as the same person as someone else. Rather, I can take traits of other people and, and, and tie that into my own personality and help that become who I am. So I take the winning traits, the best traits of people and, and then uh, become my own person. So that's like a little bit about the origins of my life. That's fantastic, bro. Honestly. And uh, I'm just going to step in a little bit. Um, basically, um, you guys are not aware of this, but Wiz has been like a super crucial part of, of my journey and my life in general. And we worked for basically half of 2021 together. And one of the things, um, and now it just makes so much more sense because of that context, is that I also had, you know, a, a rough life in general. And when I, when me and Wiz, we, 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 are, we were already friends, but we, when we started getting like really close and became like really great friends and, and I consider you a brother, like I learned that from you as well, because I was also very motivated by anger in general. And it was thanks to him that I was able to sort of get out of that mental headspace and, you know, not use that as energy to basically drive me towards my goals. And, and, and anger can be a, you know, can be a very, um, you know, powerful motivator, but at some point it's going to start sort of, you know, corrupting um, who you are. Like basically if, if you, yeah. one quick interruption. There's basically like, there, there should be no emotion that acts as a motivating factor. Anything that acts as a motivating factor is futile in your life. Brother Lobo always talks about this when him and I go back and forth is there's three ways to get any task done. Number one, which is the weakest is motivation. Number two is your willpower, which is you cultivating habits around a specific uh, vision that you want to reach. So you cultivate new habits to help you reach it. And number three is your environment. If your back's against the wall, you're living in Antarctica, and it's either you adapt to these new habits or you die. That's the most uh, crucial and impactful uh, way to get something done. So basically the same concept works around right over here as well, bro. Cause like you can't, you can't rely on a specific emotion to get you motivated. That's the problem that I see a lot of people doing. It's, it's futile. Yeah. And that's kind of the insight that I wanted to pass on to the, to the listeners that, you know, guys, at the end of the day, um, you know, a, a, anything that is not intrinsic and, you know, again, environment, you, you have to put yourself, you know, in, 
uncomfortable situations and and find that intrinsic drive like never use emotions as you know like you can rely on on them for a short period of time but at some point you got to mature and find better ways to get what you want yeah um, and i love i love emotions for the sense that it's like it's your spiritual view you have an emotional view and then you have just your daily habitual view within your life you use all of these as guiding factors you get to you you feel it you feel what's going on in your life you get to see what's going on in your life but you can't let that 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 completely sway the way you're living as a person you can use them as like 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 guiding factors that do help you out but you're never going to let them take control of of your decisions in life that's where the issue comes in yeah exactly so <clears throat> you fly out to pakistan and mm-hmm. i know you were responsible over multiple people all working under your roof and basically you had to take care of these people uh how old are were you when when this happened 17 i believe it was when i flew out it was right after my fight with my father 3 weeks later i flew out i had a I had an instagram growth agency at the time my ex partner reached out to me cuz i was doing really good uh work for him he was actually one of my clients he owned a, a massive saas and we were getting him more leads organically with instagram we had like i think we had about 40 plus instagram accounts for him and sub niches around his niche uh posting high quality content and back in the day Um, it was so much easier to grow on Instagram because you could just repost, etc., and, and you could have like there's just a lot of automation that was involved. So basically, what I did is we're getting him like dozens and dozens to even hundreds sometimes of leads a day, which was outperforming his paid ad side, and it was way higher quality leads as well. So he was freaking out. He liked the way that we were thinking and strategizing. So he offered me. He's like, "Dude, come out with me to Pakistan." Um, he knew what was going on in my family life as well at that given moment because I was I was a person who would share too much information at the, at, when I was a young when I was younger because I really enjoyed the attention side of things which was a huge issue on my side too and then when I was talking to him he he's like let's go flew out there with no return ticket home that was the cool thing I burned my bridges right and I burned the boats behind me and everything as well there was no return ticket I stayed there for about four months. I started learning things. I went from like just just doing basic work with him to started getting equity and small little deals over here for example um the SaaS product I got 2%, right? Then that started increasing increasing and I got to a point where um I flew back to Canada four and a half five months later and I started working on a day and night that's all I could think about. I started neglecting my health. I was just so into this tunnel vision of what I wanted to create over here with him on this entire expansive vision. um but yeah that that was basically the gist of what went on when i i got to pakistan got it and what was that experience like at 17 years old like <clears throat> you're this this guy like you flying out to a country you've never been in before and um you completely you know leave everything behind to pursue what you believe in and then you're also responsible for all of these people like what 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 is that experience like what you know david bro <laughs> dude if if i can be completely honest with you it didn't feel any different it felt familiar like i've done this before it felt so engraved into my into my soul that i've done stuff like this and i was meant to do stuff like this it didn't feel like i was doing anything different from my freaking math homework when i was in high school and the reason for that is because i would 
bro, I kid you not. It sounds foolish. It sounds foolish. But I would pretend when sometimes, you know, when you're walking home from school or something, and then you just go on your, your, your phone. And I, I would pretend I didn't even have a freaking phone plan, bro. And I would pretend I'm like, yeah, bro, sell it. Yeah, bro, let's close this deal. I would pretend back and forth, pacing back and forth to just for myself. No one's around just to pretend that I was closing deals. That's all I would think about as a child. That's all I would think about is building this business. After seeing my uncle's Ferrari, after seeing the impact that people have on the world, after seeing there's like, there's some really big names who share the same birthday as me as well. I'm like, guys, there was something embedded in my DNA since I was a child that something just didn't add up. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I have to create and build something for this world because everyone is looking at the world as like they're in a freaking movie. So when I got to Pakistan, I'm like, wait, let me zoom out of what's really going on. The first thing that my, my business partner said to me is when I dropped him off to the airport the day before I went, because I was going the next day, um, I dropped him off. He's like, one piece of advice, because the flight's like 16, 17 hours. He's like, on the flight, learn about what a vision is. I'm like, a vision? I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? So I'm driving back. That's the only thing. He didn't tell me to go mass sales or CRO or email marketing, none of that shit. It's like, understand what a vision is. So I go home and I started watching like Simon Sinek's The Why again. I started writing out all of these ideas of what a vision is. I was trying to download like podcasts, whatever it was. But you know what? I felt like you couldn't understand the vision until you were truly immersed inside of what you're creating. So when I got to Pakistan and I started, I was there for a month and a half. I felt like I lived an entire year there by that point. I felt like I leveled up hundreds and hundreds of lives. And the reason for this is because things started really coming together about what a vision is. I was working seven days a week. It was, it was absurd. I neglected everything. And the only thing that was coming to my mind, I didn't even call my parents for three, four weeks at a time. And I would call them for five minutes, say, I love you and, and hang up because I felt I was so deep in the trenches. The rest of the world, I forgot about. I had no socials. I had nothing to check out. Um, and I was slowly di disassociating with socials. I'd be like, who the hell am I trying to impress over here? So I was li li living a new life inside of Pakistan, um, feeling like I leveled up hundreds of lives, just trying to understand what the hell a true vision meant. And once things started clicking together and I was able to see this ecosystem of what I was creating, all these complementary companies that would work hand in hand and in a sequential order, very systematically, very efficiently, I started understanding that, okay, all of these together, if I take a step back and I look at all of these of the way that we're progressing right now to five years in the future, where we will be, not what, where we will be, that's the vision. That's the vision of what we're moving and what we're building towards. And once I understood the vision, I was able to communicate that to the team. And the moment I was able to communicate, we didn't have employees anymore. We had a power team of people who are moving the needle every day, moving mountains to help us reach this vision. I was addicted. That's what, that's what the experience was about. It was, I felt like I lived years and years and years during that time. That's amazing. And, um, a hundred percent. And that's crazy. Like you, you were just like compared to most of the people. And, and I guess that comes also from the fact that you were exposed and, and, you know, <clears throat> you know, basically um, programmed into, into the, the, the possibilities, right. That, that was the big thing about having people in your family that were super well accomplished. It's kind of like, after you see that, it's kind of like you cannot unsee it anymore. And, and I'm great. I'm, I'm grateful for that because like my, the reason I got into money was because my cousin, my uncle, the rich uncle cut off my cousin's money supply uh, at about 11 years old. 
my rich uncle wouldn't give him even money for school. And I, I asked my uncle, like, why the hell would you ever do this? And he's like, because when he was 16, he flew to the Dominican Republic. He stayed in the DR to get his doctor's degree. And he was finishing some schooling over there. And he was going to become a doctor um, in the DR. And my, my grandpa cut off his money and they cut him off because of some shit that went on within the family. So my uncle's a kid. He just married this woman. My cousin was born. And this guy, he's, he's a, she's a child. And my, and, and my, and the guy was like, I mean, um, my uncle was like, what the hell am I supposed to do for money? They're living off breads. He sold his car just to eat some breads. They're eating breads every single day for weeks and weeks. So he had his last few bucks and he walked his way all the way to this border between Dominican and Haiti. And he went in and saw this, um, this shop where they sell paintings, Haitian handmade paintings. This is back in 1997 or 1998, right? He has all this shop of, of, of paintings. Um, and she walks in and he's like, talks to a lady. He's like, this is how much I have. I cannot buy one entire painting, but I promise you, I walk this long right now. If you can give me this painting uh, um, for this price, I will take it and I promise you i will come back and buy the entire shop that you have over here like this this is what he says to her he goes and he asks the lady if she has some water as well she had this very mucky looking water he, he described it as like you can see it it wasn't crystal clear there was a few things sitting inside but he didn't care he was that thirsty and he didn't have the money to go back and at this point he this is his last little bit so he goes on his computer because he's still studying at this point um he goes on his computer and he uploads the painting Right. He leaves it on for about three days on eBay. OK, on freaking eBay. He puts it on. He sees that he puts a bid on for a few bucks. Someone offers one hundred and fifty bucks. Right. He's freaking out. He's like, he can't believe this work because now he can pay the lady back, etc. He leaves it on for another day. He gets another offer for three hundred and fifty, five hundred, etc. He sold the painting to the guy for 2,500 bucks. He was rationing, he was selling everything. He wrote the most beautiful product description as descriptive as anything. Cause this guy, basically they would say, this guy could sell garbage to a bloody garbage man. It was so bloody inspiring the way he did this. So he wrote a glorious description, sold it for 2.5. And the guy didn't even believe that, that, that my uncle was real. So my uncle typed out, my name is blah, blah, blah. Here's a picture of my ID. Uh, ID. I am not a scammer. Uh, this is exactly who I am. Please, and this is going to change my life. So he goes back, goes to the lady stand, buys as many paintings as bloody possible from her, uh, pays her back extra for the other painting and starts doing this business. And by 18 year old, he hit a million dollars in sales. And we're just like, what the hell? So he opens a pharmacy, et cetera. He starts getting close to the government, blah, blah, blah. It's such a really unique story. So basically the way, the way that this comes about is he's like, if I can make the money, then you should be able to make the bloody money. So at 11 year, years old, my cousin is one of the highest IQ individuals I've ever met. One of the coolest and smartest guys. He starts finding ways to make money online. By 14, 13, 14, he had to really figure out ways. So he was selling shit. He was small, small things here and there. Him and I will go to the dollar store, buy some Toblerone, go to his rich neighborhood. Like, hey, we're selling this for three bucks. We'd get it for 65 cents. We'll go buy Call of Duty. We'll go buy our PS3s. We'll buy whatever the hell we needed. Uh, and, and we started really understanding that money is a, a big thing. So my cousin popped inside of the mix over here. And, and, and at 14 years old, he taught me a way to make money online because of forums. We go on forums like Hack Forum, Black Hat World, figured out some PPD and PPC and CPA offers and started selling affiliate offers to people. Uh, and, and it started making us some cash. So we got to learn very early on at our childhood 
um, about how to make money online. We're, we, we flew to Dominican at 14 and a half. He's 15 at this time. We flew to Dominican. Uh, we started screwing around over there. We went to five-star resorts, came back, spent it all on shoes, PS3. So we, we, I, I'm grateful that we were able to see money at a young age and see the power that it has and how to actually um, calculate and spend money efficiently to make more. That's fantastic, bro. Like that's, you know, and it's crazy because we're talking about this and you're only like fucking 15, bro. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like you started so early and that's, I think that's one of the major key points as well for people is that like the earlier you start, the better, like no matter what, like if you, even if you're like flopping and failing and hitting your head against the wall over and over, like if you start out young and, and just get exposed to those ideas and and break those perceived limitations that you have in your head yeah. early on then like everything else like just starts clicking and and, 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 and what people see what what people see is they see a story of what went on in two years from my life two to two and a half years from my uncle's life it just seems quick now that we look back at it two two years two and a half years seems like nothing but when you're in the trenches and you're day 38 out of the two and a half years until you finally wake up to a success, quote unquote. Um, when you actually wake up to that, when you're on day 38, you do not see an end. You do not know when it's coming to the end, but you got to stay consistent. Day 38, day 39 is just another bloody day. Those are the tough moments, man. It's a tough moments when you're in the actual trenches and you're actually doing it on the day-by-day basis. When you look back, cool, time has flown. But when you're deep in there, you got to remember that, that this too shall pass. That is the main thing that always comes into my head. And we got to manage our expectations because as entrepreneurs, as business people, as people who demand excellence from our lives, every, every bloody avenue possible, we got to understand that we're going to have, it's just a day-by-day process that has its ups and its lows. We manage our expectations by knowing that the ups and lows are inevitable. And then we move forward, bro. So like the days are difficult, but you got to just manage your expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, touching upon that. So you grew up, you, you know, you basically learn the, the, you, you basically remove the veil and, you know, the magic that is, you know, seems like magic to others, like just beca- becomes a, a normality to you <clears throat> and you fl- fly out to Pakistan, you come back to Canada and, you know, when do you transition? Because uh, I've, I've, I've seen that, you know, you've had those times where you basically were like commuting for like hours every single day to like go to these fucking Tony Robbins seminars and shit. And, you know, how is that transition from, you know, going, you know, coming from Pakistan, managing all these people, having like these, these e-com businesses and, and, and SaaS and all of that, to, to transitioning into that phase of your life? <sighs> the transition was smooth at first because I accepted the fact that I'm going to do it. Then it hit me like a truck, right? It hit me like a truck and I was just deep inside. Nothing else in the world mattered. There could have been World War IV going on and I wouldn't have even known about it, right? You become so immersed inside of the art that you're creating. You become so immersed in your vision. And that's why when my partner told me about my vision being the most important, he didn't tell me to go, you see on Twitter, all these guys telling you to go master um, these specific skill sets, go master sales, go master all that. That's amazing. But the bigger thing, if you want to be a visionary, if you want to create something for the world, if you have to create that vision, and when you have that vision that you know that you're reaching, nothing else in the world will matter you will become more immersed in this art than you have with anything else in the world that's what the transition was it was a transition 
that, that hit me like a truck, but it all happened because I understood the vision. Got it. So, you know, you, you do all, you do basically all these things, you, you know, you, you conquer what, what seemed like everything at the time. And then, you know, you transition into this phase where, you know, you and your partner go separate ways and you basically lose, sort of lose everything. And you have to build back up from scratch and you have zero leverage. How, you know, how was it to you to be in that position where it's kind of like you, you go so high and all of a sudden, like everything that you had, you know, you felt like you had conquered, like is no longer, no longer belongs to you or, you know, you no longer have any associate association with it. And, and now you have to just, you know, go back to the drawing board and, and figure out like, what are the next steps for you? What are you going to do? How was that moment of your life? Like, how did you feel in that moment? And, you know, what, obviously we, we came a long way since that time and you, you're now like this behemoth, but how was it in that specific time frame? Dude, as bad as it sounds, first things first, I'm no behemoth. I, as of right now, compared to people of my good friends, these guys are absolute monsters, man. But uh, as, as bad as this sounds, I was happy. I, I was making, oh, you guys could see my tweets in March and April. You guys could message Justin C. Scott, who is the only person in the world and one of my other friends, like who I know IRL, but the guy from Twitter that everyone could see is Justin C. Scott. I would talk to him every single day about the circumstances. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take my vision being torn apart by other people's visions. There was too many chefs in the kitchen. And when there's too many chefs in the kitchen, whatever you're trying to make with your secret recipe gets absolutely overtaken. It's good to have smart people on the team and all, but there should be like a specific visionary that everyone is helping work towards that specific vision. But when I got to leave, I was making a fraction of the money and I, I was offered on my whiteboard right here. I have a screenshot of it as well on my phone is I was offered a million dollars guaranteed in three years contractually. And I remember my partner came to my house. He's like, look, we can do this. We can work this together contractually. Let's go ahead and set this entire, um, let's set this up where in three years, if you stay, I will give you a million dollars cash. I don't care if I have a million dollars in my bank account only, you will legally get it. And at that point I realized, well, I already knew my worth to an extent, but the fact that he was offering and pushing for such an amount at, at, at the age that I was, which I was 21 at the time, I realized, you know what? I can do this way quicker. I can do this at a way faster scale. And I'm grateful by this point as of right now, since I've been done, I've hit that number, right? And I've hit that number very powerfully and I'm going to continue building. So I'm grateful that I took that risk. And I took that risk because, dude, like when you're in those states where you know, you just start having this internal happiness to my soul. I felt, I felt grateful that I'm able to start something new and I don't have children. I don't have a wife to take care of. I don't have anything along those lines. I had my parents, but I had a little bit of a safety net that takes care of my parents' bills as much as possible. So I was like, you know what? I have no, no risk. I have the skill set. I got to just choose a direction. And when I chose that direction, no matter what I put my head to, I will conquer it and I will become the greatest at it. No matter what happens, I will move towards that as, well, as much as possible. So that, that was my mentality throughout the entire process. I knew I was going to make it. It was just a matter of time. I was just waiting for time to catch up. That's, 
That's fantastic. It, you're 22 now, right? And mm -hmm. it, it honestly feels like you've lived like, you know, five lifetimes by now. <laughs> it's it's kind of like your whole life is a whole a whole process of acceleration where you're just doing, um, you know, things that the the regular human being can even fathom at a pace that very few people can sort of handle. So I guess that to that point, I wanted to ask you, like, how do, do you feel like those traits that you have, do you feel like they are inherent to like you've inherited them? Do you feel like, you know, you're just, um, you just have it in you? Or do you feel like these things are like, can be cultivated and, you know, can be acquired through a specific process, you know, of, of learning, of, you know, being in the trenches, all of that, all of the stuff dude, we've, we've talked about so far. Dude, I, I was, I was, um, I was an insecure little shit. I was an insecure little shit, right? I'm being brutally honest, right? And if, if you can't admit this, then you still have some sort of ego problem, but I, I, I couldn't, at those times where I couldn't even look people in the eyes straight, um, I would go to school and I, I was failing math and my parents would look at me and they'd be like, look, you know, we're not mad at you that you're failing. We see you put in the work every single day. It's just, you're not getting the subject. I felt stupid. I felt stupid. I was failing classes. I was trying my hardest. Um, I was implementing those, there was a time where I was implementing strategies for years and not seeing results. And I thought I was cursed. Right. And, and I thought I had there was someone who put a curse on me. Right. And I would start speaking that out to reality and I would start telling everyone how stressed I was. And I remember saying I remember thinking about this once at school. I don't know what made me consciously feel this, but I'm at school. This is grade nine, about 13, 14 years old. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm like, wow, I, 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 this is going to be pretty stressful. And I remember saying that I'm like, why the hell did you say that word? Because the next few days, I kept on saying it more and more in conversations, just for, I don't know what it was, a pity sake, a victim state. And I started noticing the stress around my life build more, even though nothing new was really happening. I was living the exact same life. So I'm like, okay, if I keep telling myself I'm cursed, if I keep telling myself I'm stressed, if I keep telling myself I'm all of this stuff, what happens if I do the opposite? I'm like, but it sounds kind of cringy. I feel blessed. I feel amazing. And I'm looking at social media and people really reward the victimized mindset. So I'm like, it's probably cringy to do the opposite. But then I started talking to my mother and my mother had this really weird switch as well. When I was about 14, where she went to a very spiritual side of things. And she's like, start saying things like I'm blessed. Start saying things like if things work out in our favor. Start saying these types of things. And I started really cultivating my mind uh, and my habits, uh, my, my mind realistically first to this, to this newer way of thinking where I've realized, like, wow, there's a lot more possible in this world. There's a lot of lives we can impact. There's a lot of people that we can see. And then it really started with this mindset shift. Once the mindset was shifted, I've always had this sense of urgency. If you look at a, at a rocket, a rocket ship, the fire going out behind the rocket ship that, that, that thrusts us in the air is the urgency. I've always had this urgency where my math classes, I was worried about failing, not getting into university. I was always stressed out. So I applied that same urgency to what I wanted to create in my life after I changed my mindset. And then I was able to cultivate habits accordingly. So it, it really became just a, a process of, of um, removing the limiting beliefs. And the way I do this is I talked to Fatih Sher knew a lot about this as well as, and I explained this to you, David, is there's a lot of, I call them thought buckets, but I have it drawn on my whiteboard right now. You Right now we have 50,000 thoughts on a daily basis and there's so much 
so much noise. So people try using meditation to organize it and, and, and try clearing out the clutter. I still find that futile because we're working kind of purpose, uh, purposelessly. Like there's not a lot of purpose with the meditation if we don't know what we're trying to clean out. So what I do over here is I look at my thoughts and I bucket them. And all of us can do this. We bucket our thoughts into a few main buckets. We have a bucket for our knowledge, for monetary stuff. So we have our monetary buckets, we have our physical buckets, we have our relationship buckets, and all of our 50,000 thoughts on a daily basis can be bucketed into each of these individual segments. So now what we have to do from this specific area is we're going to define specific goals, North Stars and personality traits um, for our life to help us reach a specific goal for ourselves. So for our monetary bucket, where do you, where will we be in five years is the question, right? Not want, want is such a weak word. We want the will over here. Where will we be in five years for this bucket? Where will we be here uh, for our relationship bucket, for our physical bucket, for our spiritual? And we define goals, right? And we have those as our guiding symbols for our thoughts. Now you're going to see, wait, if my thoughts don't actually align with anything in my buckets, that actually help me move forward, then we clear them out. We get them out of our thought processes. So we're gonna look at our physical bucket and we're gonna see the thoughts that come into our physical bucket. Well, my goal is to be 205 pounds at six foot one, um, 9% body fat, that's the goals. But what are the, the specific thoughts that come into my head on a continuous basis for those um, that, that, limit me, that limit me, that are good and things that are, uh, that are not working out in my favor? So we wanna define the specific uh, areas we want to be in life with a specific bucket, then we're going to define personality traits and we're going to add and subtract personality traits. We're going to add and subtract habits accordingly to help us reach the individual goals. So this helps us cultivate these new habits, right? After we had, we kill off all of the limiting beliefs that we have, we make the intention, we understand the vision of where we want to reach. Now we're going to add and subtract personality traits. Everything that I am right now, whoever I am as a person right now will be completely different in a few years. And that's going to continuously happen. This is going to happen with every single one of us. We want to add and subtract things inside of our thought buckets uh, to help us reach the person we will be. So basically just me, just be as malleable as possible. And then just... Mm. Pick the, pick the things that are useful to you and the coat that fits the season, basically. Like, like, like we're, we're, not, we're not movie characters, man. Everyone thinks they're a movie character that has like a shallow three-step, three, three, three levels deep personality. Like we're an onion. We're an onion that has eight layers. The top two layers are our conscious mind. The other six layers are our unconscious mind. Guys, we have depth to us. You don't have to act like you're a movie character where your ego's out of control and if something happens, you got to go fight it and act like you're a tough ass guy. But you know what I mean? Like stop acting like a fool and take your life seriously and make a difference in the world. We have one world together that we got to move and progress forward with. And people are acting out here like they're, they're, they're a movie character. Cultivate buckets without acting like, uh, cultivate your habits according to your buckets goals without acting like a fool, like your main character. Yeah. And that that's, that's another thing too. Like that are not a lot of, a lot of people don't realize that like the things that, you know, the, your external factors make you believe is, is like cool and, you know, and it's, it's what you're supposed to be and whatever. Right. Um, these are not things that are born with you. These are things that are program programmed into you over time by other people, like probably unconsciously, all of the things that you think are useful to you or, or are cool to you or whatever, like, they probably don't even matter to you if, if you mm -hmm. go deep enough. 
So it's kind of like, just do that work, you know, and then just, you know, go deep and then figure out who you really are and, and what yeah. matters to you. And, you know, on onto that, tying to that. So you, you start off with, with nothing. And now like a, a year and a half later, you built like this, this, you know, ecosystem, this empire, like you have the a community with, thousands of paying mem- members you have like all these partnerships with all of these people and like tell me about the journey from that point up until now like how how was that process t- for you and it, and more importantly what you know what what why do you why do you do it why do you do this that you do and what is your bigger mission with what you're doing currently Bigger mission is impact. I'm gonna. I will impact um, over a billion lives positively. The Utopia will create more multi-millionaires than any other platform in the entire world. And I'm gonna. And no matter if that happens in my lifetime or it happens lifetimes down the road, there'll be some Genghis Khan type of shit where he impacted lives for 850 years later because of his takeover. The entire world is the way it is right now. But he didn't know that in his lifetime. He impacted the world. He didn't know that it would be this, um, the legacy that he left behind is still impacting the world today, right? Well, uh, so it's the same concept over here. When I studied the conquerors, I realized that we got we to gotta zoom out just from our own specific lifetime. I can't do, I'm not going to be able to do everything that I've ever wanted to do in this specific lifetime or impacting the world because I'm already 22. I'm going to do as much as possible. And if I reach it, I reach it. But realistically, with 8 billion people in the world, there's so many more people to impact positively, which is going to happen um, as a domino effect with time. So my big vision is to positively help people just reach who they are meant to be, the best versions of themselves. You know, like it's disgusting seeing people work as robots, as robots at McDonald's, you know, it it just find it absolutely futile when everyone has their own gifts and their own um, things that they're passionate about. Once we have a world of people who are happy with what they're creating, we we, we build a creator world and now everyone's helping each other out and pulling each other up. So that's basically the entire concept of the mission. And what was the second part of the question? Yeah, so I asked you like, in this process of, of, of the things that you built throughout the last year, like what, what was that like to you? Like, what was that, that specific experience to you? Like building this community? Like, I know for a fact you have people like me um, and, and many others, like reaching out to you on a consistent basis and telling you, Wiz, you changed my life. Wiz, you, everything that you've done for me, like I couldn't be more grateful. And you, and you, I know this is true because I'm one of those people, but I know for a fact there are, you know, hundreds of people who feel that same way towards you. And how is that experience for you? Like, how do you... I know a lot of people become desensitized to it. I send every single screenshot in a group chat to my mom and dad, every single screenshot. And I want them to see it. I want them to see that they helped me become the person who I am today. And I have utmost respect for them for that. So I send them the screenshot. So every, every single message, It doesn't matter how terrible my day is going. Shit has hit the fan multiple times throughout this year and a half process. And it's inevitable. And I know I'll always come back on top. Um, but I, but like when I see those messages, man, it warms up my soul. Cause I remember that they're conscious beings the way I can look at my fingers and wiggle them around and pace back and forth and stay in my own paradigm. I know other people are in their own paradigms trying to, trying to break free. They have 
um, they have a stake in their hand and a hammer trying to rip out from this from this bubble that they're in, trying to pop that bubble. And the fact that I'm able to help out with this unconscious being, and now they can help three, five other people and they can do it. And then we have this butterfly effect of going on, like we're a tree that's expanding. Of course, it's the most impactful thing in my entire life. And it, it means more to me than anything. But there's always going to come down to the monetary aspect of things too, because you need the money for the freedom to help and impact more lives. So when I'm creating this ecosystem, it all ties back into my end vision, which I know about, which I will impact over a billion lives um, uh, through, through what I'm creating over here positively and help over a billion lives reach who they were meant to be inside of this world. So when I'm creating everything, when I'm creating utopia, I understood the purpose of utopia before anyone else even saw it. It didn't just happen. I didn't just say, oh, wow, this is cool. I should... I should keep moving with this. No, I know the impact of forums because a forum has impacted my life. It took me six months to get to 6K MRR with the quick math right now of 2,350 members um, paying like an average $19 a month. And that's only a fraction of what the real um, uh, numbers are actually hitting inside. You guys could do the quick math and see what's going on. But it took six, six and a half months to hit 6K MRR. Right, the, the utopia ecosystem over here is tied in into a bigger ecosystem, which involves private equity and me ad, ad, acquiring micro SaaSes and using my dev, my development agency with Kaz to optimize the applications, make them better, and relaunch them to my audience. I'm creating an audience that I specifically own. This entire journey that I created over here is all. Uh, um, strategic. It's all tactical. It wasn't just done. Like, of course, there's a few places I'm like, oh, wow, this was actually lucky. Wow, I could have added this in here. I'd never seen this coming. But the overall premise of the journey, the straight line journey that I've been on has had the same objective. It's had the same uh, vision of what I've been doing. And this, this, this ecosystem will continuously just cross pollinate. And that's what I've been trying to do throughout this entire year is just continually, continuously every single day, chip away to get closer and closer to my end vision. Simple. Wow. So basically, I was talking with with Tej about this, and you, it's kind of like we're all on this on the same page where we we kind of look at business as as more of a vehicle to provide us with the you know necessary power and resources to basically amplify our impact on the lives of other people, and and it's it's so beautiful that. There's people like you and, and, and me and, and, and Tej and everyone that just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's much more than just the, ma the, the, the making money. The, you know, it's, it's really about becoming as um, resourceful as possible so you can then deploy those resources exactly. into transforming the lives of other people. And that's, exactly. that's just beautiful, bro. Like, honestly, that's, that's fantastic. And, and, and I love the vision that you have for, for all of it. And honestly, I, you know, I add a multiplier, right? Because it's what you're saying. Like, it's not when you impact one live, you're like at the surface, it, it's, you're just impacting one person, but then that mul multiplies into, into, into other people, because like, the impact you have, then that person's also going to impact other lives. And it, it, as you said, it has this butterfly yeah. effect. And like, like my homie right now is flying out to Toronto. I'm done my quarantine tomorrow. He's coming out to Toronto on Sunday from Calgary. Um, I met him by chance at one of the Tony Robbins events. I got him to sneak. I snuck him into a picture to take a picture with Tony Robbins. Um, and then I, him and I stopped talking. Then we started talking again. He was very into business and he would always come to me and ask me questions uh, for, for 
three, four years. Last year, he decided to take the leap, jump into an online journey, making a few hundred bucks. Right now, this month, he had 50,000 bucks uh, for this month, right? And next month, he'll do another 50, 60K, and he's going to continuously grow. And this person over here is now paying his parents' bills. His parents get to relax and chill. They get to potentially very soon retire earlier. Now, he has more time to live and love his parents, which builds more principles about around his life and new traditions around his life, which is now going to be impacted to his children when he has children in the future. Then there's other people like one of my, my, one of my homies, um, he has a full-time job, a very demanding full-time job, three children. He lives in a developing Latin American country. And right now in three months, he closed five deals. And because of this, now he's able to spend more time with his children. His children see the impact that his father has on their lives. Now, when they're growing older, they see the discipline. They see the hard work. They see the ethic. They see his principles of how he lives in life. And now their lives are going to be impacted and they're going to impact multiple other people. It's this butterfly effect that is so beautiful to see of, of how everything unravels at, at, at a massive, massive scale. That's, you know, and, and just, bro, the, just off, you know, just I, I have to make to make this comment, but just hearing you talk about this with with the passion that you talk about and and, and the belief and like it's 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 a beautiful thing, man. Because you know, there you're you know, I'm just gonna say it, but you're an outlier, bro. Straight up, like you're an outlier, and like just having people like that and and having the privilege to be friends with people like that is is truly amazing, to be honest, and. Another thing I wanted to ask you, so you're like a systems obsessed guy and, you know, you have all, everything is strategized, is planned out. You're very, you're very, you know, you're not very spontaneous in that sense. And so one thing I wanted to ask you is how do you balance like that sort of mindset and, and structure that you have to your, to your life with, you know, the creativity side of things and, and the spontaneous side question. of things. <clears throat> so basically I'm disciplined to an extent where I get everything that I need to get done complete to the highest quality output. But I do it with the only element I keep in mind. The only two elements I keep in mind are one, my mental peace and two, my creativity. If I start um, killing off and disrupting my harmony between those three areas in my life, which is my mental peace, which is my creativity, and it's going to be my discipline. If the harmony is off there, I start falling down a rabbit hole. And I'm able to feel this now because with time, when you get more reps in, you can start noticing the small, you become conscious about the triggers that make you fall down the negative rabbit hole. So I noticed that, okay, so my mental peace is disrupted because I've been having way too many calls. I know that's something specifically for myself that's irritating me. My, I'm, I'm, I get irritated because um, I, know, I knew I had to get X, Y, Z done on this specific day, but I didn't get it done because this came about. And I started noticing those patterns in my life so I realized, okay, so what was the trigger for this? Well, on Sunday, I started planning out every day of what I got to do for the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm doing this on Thursday, on this Friday, I'm getting this. And I realized there's so much shit that's going to come up in life that you cannot expect, right? I, I don't know what can happen. I don't know, for example, uh, oh, we, we had someone just flying from Texas. I didn't know she was coming over to our house. We had to pause everything. I had to go cut the grass outside, right? And all of those start adding up and it starts changing the days. So that started killing my creativity. To stay disciplined, you got to create a list of tasks and, and understand what you're trying to reach in the long run. 
create a list of tasks for a specific sprint, then plan out your next day the night before and give yourself some leeway breathing room, right? You would have about 20, 30% of the day unplanned on purpose because shit will come and shit will hit the fan and some tasks will take longer than the others. So you don't kill the creativity. I know I've, I travel a lot, right? Um, I, I've traveled by like well over 40, 50 times throughout the past two and a half, three years now. And when I travel, I give myself days where I just know I'm, I'm, this is what I'm accomplishing for the day and I'm going to the city today. This is what I'm accomplishing today, but I'm going to the beach today. I don't or completely organize at this specific time. I'm doing this, that specific time. It gives me the creative edge. It gives me the spontaneity. I think it is spon like the spontaneity, spontaneous <laughs> element of my life. Yeah. So you know what I mean, right? Spontaneous element of my life that doesn't get killed off, but I still say discipline because I get everything done. You cannot disrupt your harmony. The moment your harmony is disrupted, you, you start lowering your vibration. And when you lower your vibration, you are now uh, becoming uh, a thermometer that is impacted by auxiliary conditions in your life. And now you're reacting because of emotions. That's what's going to continuously happen. It's such a pain in the ass. Do not disrupt your harmony. Notice what disrupts it. Kill off the triggers um, and, and, and navigate and adapt accordingly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's um, brilliant advice is just uh, staying on the edge, basically. Just, you know, uh, don't be too constrained and also don't be too loose and just finding that balance. I love that, bro. And, you know, from all of this, um, you know, to you sort of, so you're building all of these things and you've gone to all of these experiences and, you know, that people at your age, you know, usually haven't gone through and you've traveled the world now, like you've gone to a lot of places and um, what is like, what is it that makes sort of, you know, business marketing so fun to you personally? It's, it's not even about business marketing. I could have been an accountant. I could have been a hockey player. I could have been anything that I've ever wanted to be. And I remember when I think Kanye West said this, he's like, if I wanted to join the NBA in two years, I'll join the NBA. And everyone laughs. And I'm like, well, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. You can just outwork every other individual. And, and I get it. You have a little bit of talent in there, but you can still make it. Um, it's the same concept over here as well, right? Like um, business, doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just like the challenge. I like the challenge. I like being hungry for whatever the hell I want to be able to do next. It doesn't matter if I want to master taxes. It doesn't matter if I want to be able to master accounting. It doesn't matter what I want to be able to master. I just like playing this game. I like this race that I'm playing against with other people. We pull each other up instead of kicking each other down. But I see other 22-year-olds doing one, two, three million dollar months, right? And I see people doing profit numbers like that around my age as well. And I think, holy crap, bro, I'm behind. So I have this urgency behind me. I enjoy the game of the business side of things. Um, and it's fun to have, but like, it's, it's nothing specific about the marketing side that I like it the, or the specific business side. I just like the competition. I like the, the challenge. I like seeing the new goals that I'm going to reach. And I like seeing myself level up as if like I'm a real life runescape player. Yeah. So basically, again, I, I also touched upon this with Ted. So basically it's, it's not really, it's not that you're necessarily passionate about business itself. It's, it's more about using business as a vehicle for you to grow as an individual and again become more powerful and and with that power be being able to impact more lives and you know move the world towards what you want it to be and that's you know that's beautiful again i think it's it's so crazy because i resonate so much with that and honestly there's very few people i you know i'm um, relate to that 
you know, to that extent, but you're definitely one of them. And on touching that, I also wanted to ask you, like, there's a lot of people that you you've managed and you sort of, you know, helped and, um, you know, you've managed, you've helped, you've created teams, yeah. you've, you've let, you've led teams and, you know, in your experience so far, like, um, I, I think that you're a great leader and uh, I'm sure other people do too. And uh, what, in your opinion, like what, what are the, char- the, the characteristics, the char- characteristics that, and, and, and like traits that you need to have in order to be like, that type of leader, that type of, of person that can basically influence others to do the things that you want them to do. Look at any great leader, any great leader in the world. All they had was this, they had this relentless drive to reach their vision. But it doesn't matter if it was Jordan, Genghis Khan, doesn't matter if it was freaking Hitler. All of them had this one driving factor to help reach their vision and they were able to communicate it to their entire team based off of their team's um, specific personality traits, right? Like to be a great leader, you got to also be able to hunt for great talent and find people who are like you, who believe in what you believe. That's the key phrase. How do we get people to believe in what you believe? Well, I'm not going to go and if I have a conservative company on the, on the, on the wing um, and I'm going to go ahead and hire a liberal for the company, right? You got to be actually really real, realistic with, who we're hiring, what we're building over here and getting people who believe in what we believe. When it comes to a leader, you gotta be compassionate. You gotta be relentless towards the vision. You gotta show that you fail, right? Like I, I, when, I'm, when I'm with my team, I'm gonna go and let them know that this was a bad idea that I gave, but I'm not gonna go ahead and shut anyone else's ideas at, as, as well. When I'm speaking to someone, I'll give the same floor to someone who just joined the company two weeks ago as much as I would with my executive when it comes to giving strategies and all. We gotta show compassion. We gotta show that it's okay to fail. It is okay to mess up. And because, But if you are rewarded for taking these risks anyways, you took a risk to go above and beyond. And that's what people are nervous about. People work in an environment or people are, 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 are trying to help reach someone else's vision, but they're afraid they're just doing the bare minimum. If they're doing the bare minimum, then you're never going to reach your, your vision at a mass scale because now you just have donkeys working with you. That's not what we want. We want a power team of people who believe in what we believe. We're out here solving problems. We're out here who understand our long-term vision and they understand they can take the risk without being scared about what, what the uh, repercussions are going to be, what, what the issues are going to be, how much they're going to get in trouble for this. That's not what the world is all about. So as a leader, you want to show the compassion, the love, but you got to be that one person who is like, you cannot get walked all over. You got to learn how to put your foot down. I'll fire people without blinking an eye. I will look people in their eyes and, and say it to their face. Like, look, dude, I, you're a cool guy, but this isn't working out anymore. We're done. But here's what you should be doing. And it's totally fine because you, know, you, you got to be able to, sometimes I have to yell at the team. I had a really nasty call two nights ago and I had to apologize to the individual afterwards, but I had, it's like, they, they got to understand that you still are the leader. There is still someone who is, um, everyone's working alongside to reach this specific vision. And there's no room to, to make this into like, like a fool's, a, a fool's 
um, gym of just people who are just effing around all the time. That's not what we're building over here. We're building and creating something that's going to impact the world. We got to take it seriously, but we got to have fun alongside the journey, right? And then if you see someone toxic inside the work environment, cut them off as soon as possible. Let them go too, because it's those toxic people who start spreading like bloody wildfire. wildfire. They'll go and start whispering in the ears like they're the freaking devil and to the rest of your team. And they're going to go ahead and help the entire company just get shut down and killed. That's a massive issue as well. Being a leader is compassion. Being a leader is being able to hear the voice of each individual, understanding the, own, the, the, the goals that each individual has, helping them all reach our specific vision that we want to reach and helping them become the best version of them possible, but being able to put the foot down when it's necessary as well. Got it. Fantastic, bro. Um, I, I guess, you know, I have a couple more questions for you. And, and the first one would be, you know, what would you say to yourself like from 10 years ago? And what would you say from yourself from 10 years from now? <clears throat> stay consistent with the vision you have. Stay consistent with the vision you have. Look, the, the entire theme of this call is something I can't tweet on Twitter. People don't understand the elements of what a vision truly is. People don't understand it until you're actually creating or building something or you're trying to reach a specific chiseled physique or you're trying to master a specific area in your life. It doesn't make sense about what a vision truly is, but the entire theme of the call that I keep going back to is staying consistent uh, with your vision, right? That's going to be your hard work. That's your determination. That's working strategically. I can tell myself this at all times, but all of those are inevitable. If you're so obsessed with the vision, you will find a way to, to maneuver around, be malleable and maneuver around to get yourself into um, to reach that vision so you would I, with it's inevitable once you're obsessed with the vision you will find ways you will think strategically you will become more disciplined you will become more obsessed you just got to obsess over that vision initially and that's it stay consistent with my vision awesome um well bro um so far it's been fantastic i've i've loved every single second of it and i guess to you know to to wrap it up Uh, the last thing I, I would love to, to ask you is, you know, how, how do you manage like everything? And then, you know, given that you're this high performer and you're building all of these things and, um, and you, you know, you're, you're just, uh, a, a, you know, you're a creating machine and basically you're, you're constantly, ruthlessly, relentlessly, building towards the vision like how do you then balance that out with you know the other aspects of your life it's the same thing bro it's the same thing when it comes down to my buckets my buckets i know the goals of where i'm going to be reaching i i every single week every single sunday i plan out my next seven days Uh, and I look at every single bucket and I see, okay, physically, what am I doing this week? Well, I got to go to the Cairo because I just turned, I just tore my rotator cuff, right? I got to do, I, I, you just got to make your small little bits of progression for, for Utopia. Here's what I got to get done for my two e-com brands. I'm going to be reaching these for my lifestyle. I want to take my mom out to dinner um, and I want to take my dad out for some steaks um, uh, for, for um, lifestyle as well. I want to go chill with my cousins this week. Right. I want to define a few things that I want to reach in my love throughout the specific um, week based off of the buckets that I'm trying to accomplish of the overall and the goals of my life. Right. Monetarily, 
uh, my goal is to reach X dollars on a monthly basis in profit. How am I doing that this week? Well, I look at each of my companies. I define the specific uh, um, the things that I will accomplish by the end of the week. And that's it. But I do this every Sunday. I religiously do it. I've been doing this for the past four and a half, probably five years now. And I will never stop this. I will all, And I will just find new ways to optimize this. Just literally take out a bloody book if you don't have a system to do this, like, like a project management system, and write it out. Here's what I'm doing for this brand. Here's what I'm doing physically. Here's what I'm doing for my knowledge. Here's what I'm doing monetarily. Here's what I'm doing for like lifestyle, et cetera. Define them all, write them all out. See what you're going to accomplish. Do this every single Sunday. This has been the greatest. I'm I'm, I'm a fool. I failed every single class. I failed so many classes in high school. I'm, I'm not a smart guy. I just know how to stay disciplined and consistent. It's all about organizational structures and understanding your vision. Fantastic, bro. Fantastic. And um, I guess that, so, you know, how, so going into that, you know, your relationships, right? Um, the people you communicate with, maybe love interests. I, I don't want to get too deep into that, but, you know, how do you communicate? Because not everybody's going to be like you, right? And not everybody's going to have that same ambition and that same drive. And, and, and how do you, you know, manage that? with with those people dude i know it doesn't seem like it on this call but i'm introverted uh, i will go meet someone and then i won't meet someone for an entire week afterwards because i'm exhausted and i have to recharge i i don't like going out right? i don't like i i i've been to like a club once in my life and i'll never go back to another one again i'm not a partier i'm not any of those types so if you're talking to me about having like basically it's you have the best of both worlds with introversion personalities and an extrovert personalities, right? You have to be able to balance it. When I'm out with people and with my relationships, my family, the way I balance this is I look at who's important in my life and I prioritize them, right? If someone asks for a call this week and I know because I have something more important to do with my family, I'll postpone them, right? I have to understand the priorities of who's the most impactful in my life, my grandparents, my mom, my aunts, I got to make sure that they're all good um, and, and making sure that they're all happy. Then it comes to the, all the other people in my life, people who, who've moved mountains for me like you have, David, right? I want to be able to prioritize you as well. So whenever I, I see that you're and in, in, you're falling down a downward spiral, I will stop what I'm doing to, to listen. But otherwise we book calls like this call was booked for last week, but you understood it. Right. You understood that I had to postpone till this week. Shit happens. Shit comes and hits the fan. You got to I just but all my relationships are with people who have emotional intelligence. If they don't have emotional intelligence, I, I do everything in my power to avoid them as much as possible because it's exhausting. They're, they're going to talk to me about their motivation. They're going to talk to me about their victim states. And I don't give a flying shit about it. Right. I've tried helping people. They won't listen. So I move away from people without the with any sort of EQ whatsoever. And I, I, I really stay around people who either give me energy or are sometimes I will provide them energy as well. And it's an exchange. That's, you know, love that. Love that answer. Very on the same page. Uh, and uh, I guess at the end of the day, it just boils down to high standards and uh, being ruthless about the things that you allow into your life. And I totally agree with that. Totally resonate with that. And, you know, basically, you know, is there anything you'd like to add to this as a, as a final touch or you know. final touch is everything that I spoke about is about a vision and demanding excellence across every avenue of your life. Who you are today does not mean that you will be this individual in the future. 
whoever you want to be is who you will become. You can add and subtract personality traits. If you hate a personality trait about you, be completely brutally honest. It's not just the way you are. You're not, it's not, it's just me. It's just the way I am. It's all BS. Stop lying to yourself because you know the specific truth. Stop bullshitting yourself because you know the specific truth. We all know what we got to do. We all know that there's non-negotiables in life, like working out, eating well, um, staying happy, avoiding ne negative music with like negative affirmations. We know that this stuff is meant to be. Stop bullshitting yourself, guys. Whoever you are meant to be, you will become if, if you can actually work, if you have the vision to actually work towards it. So step up, demand excellence. Love it. Beautiful message. Thank you so much for coming, bro. It was a pleasure having you here. And um, I hope we do this again in the future. Uh, and we're at that time in very different stages of our lives. And uh, I appreciate you coming, bro. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. And yeah, I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Take it easy, David.